Welcome to the Drop-In CEO Podcast. I'm Deb Coviello, and as the Drop-In CEO, I drop into businesses and assume the CEO role to enhance the human element and increase the results they achieve. This podcast is about bringing you conversations with expert guests who have achieved their greatest results built on a strong foundation of purpose, values, and elevating people. If you're a business leader, entrepreneur, or even just getting started in business, join us as we build the skills you need to achieve your goals. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Drop-In CEO Podcast. Thank you. I am so grateful that you have returned for another week that I can share my insights and inspiration with you. And if you are new to the show, just thank you for joining me today. Now, this one has a lot of meaning for me, and hopefully when it has meaning for me, it also resonates with you. But before I get to today's topic, I do want to share a little bit about the book, The CEO's Compass. It has just been published. It is The CEO's Compass, Your Guide to Get Back on Track. But what makes this so different than other leadership books, and again, there are so many fantastic books out there. I have read many of them. But these leadership books tell you what to do, and they fall short of how to do it. And where the CEO's compass picks up is we start by having a conversation. You are already good at what you do. You don't need that much help. But what you do need is an opportunity for time and space to pause and reflect and to think about what you might do differently as you're navigating rapid change or a changing environment. And then we share with you how. So it is your tool, it is your compass to get back on track. And I'm so grateful that it is available as a resource for you and do hope you enjoy that. But what I want to pull on from the book right now is it is about helping you to think differently. And one of the things I've been thinking about is the topic of being so close, so close to achieving a goal, so close we sometimes fall short so close, we hold ourselves back. And then we live a life of wondering what could or could not have been. It's usually what didn't happen because we were so close. And so this is a time I want you to just get comfortable, sit back, close your eyes if you can, and think about a time you were so close to something that was so meaningful to you. And then think about how you felt. And now I want to bring you into my story. 1982, I was graduating from high school. I had an opportunity to submit a commencement speech to be considered and read on graduation. I was one of three. I was so close. And I was not selected. And forever, forever, I had so much to say, so much to share with the world. I was so close to sharing, and I was not given the opportunity. And so you chalk that up. Oh, it wasn't good enough. Oh, my writing is not so good. Oh, well, you put it in the past, and that's it. And you have a little bit of regret, a little bit of sorrow, but you muster up the courage to say, oh, well, oh, well. (laughs) And then I'm in my mother's home. I'm helping to clean it up, helping to get it organized. 
and I come across this thing amidst all the paperwork. Commencement speech by Deborah Ann Weiner. It was the speech that I never read. I was so close, and it never happened. But my mother saw value in holding on to it, along with everything else she happens to say, but it was meaningful to her. And when I found this gem, I said, oh my, I have to read it. And I read it, and I cried, because I was so close to sharing this with the world. But I have it now. I have it now. I can read it to you. I can share the commencement speech that was never heard in 1982, and I can share it with you now. And so it is four pages, and I will read it now. And if this is not of interest to you, feel free to turn this off. It may not be the episode for you, but please stay tuned for an important message. And while I'm reading this, I want you to think about you and when were you so close to an opportunity and you didn't take it. Let's read. Mr. Lachenauer, Mrs. Masters, members of the Board of Education, faculty, parents, and fellow graduates of the class of 1982. Today, June 20th, 1982, is the culmination of our academic, athletic, and leadership achievements at the high school level. It is a day to celebrate and rejoice our accomplishments, a day to look back and remember the influential people in our lives, and most important, a day to follow new roads and explore new frontiers. The graduates seated here before you have been guided, influenced, and directed by many elements. We've arrived at our present status by outside influences we seem to forget and do not appreciate. The day we arrived into this world, the first person we encountered was the doctor who so cruelly slapped us. We were extremely upset with this punishment, and we needed someone to comfort our wounded souls. We soon found that comfort with our mother and father. From that day on, these two people would be the most influential people in our lives. I'm sure all the parents present today can remember the joyous occasion when we first lifted ourselves off the ground, the first time we walked into their arms, and the first time we spoke to them. We soon arrived at the innocent age of five, and we entered grade school. Our parents have slowly watched us grow in personality and achievement. They reminisce about the day we made our first soccer goal, our first A that we received on our report card, and the first time we came home from school crying. It is during these uneasy times that our parents became most influential. They comfort us. They cheer us up. They make us aware of what we did wrong and then they set us back on our feet and guide us down the right path. These problems grow greater in number as we become older and attempt to be more responsible for our actions. We have failed exams. We strike out at the baseball games, or we've allowed our hearts to be broken. Our parents have been standing behind us, ready to pick us up when we fall, just as they did the first day we attempted to work. Parents are the primary instructors in our lives. They guide our decisions, set our goals, establish our values, and maintain our outlook on life. In addition to these fundamental lessons that we acquire from our parents, we are educated 
by another influential group of people. These individuals are, of course, our teachers. It's not enough to call them just teachers because they mean so much more to us. Where parents have left open gaps, our teachers have filled holes with knowledge. When our parents have established our morals as the rules of life, our teachers have given us the equipment to play the game. If parents could be compared to God's teachers or the prophets who speak their words, my words are grandiose, but everyone is full of truth and meaning. Teachers are people just like you or I, though some of us seem to forget them from time to time. But there is something more to a teacher that makes him or her special. A true teacher does not complain about the nine months he must deal with delinquents, but rejoices the success of touching and enlightening just one pupil. A dedicated teacher is a person who will spend their little extra time with a student to assure his success in passing a course. Finally, a teacher is a human being who has found his own personal success by transforming a naive follower into a mature leader. I believe I have reached a turning point in my speech, just as all the graduates have reached a turning point in their lives today. It is a time to address the most important group of all the class of 1982. Well, guys, we've made it. We have dealt with teachers for about 13 years, or shall I say they have had to put up with us. There have been good times and bad times, all of which have been rewarding, but there comes a time in our life where we must make the transition from being a passive student to an active adult. For some, it may happen sooner than others, but regardless of when it occurs, we must be ready for the challenges of our new life and be prepared for any obstacle we must face. When we leave New Providence High School, we will face a long road that has many turns, hills, and valleys, all of which will challenge our strength and abilities. With each new twist in this path, we will become stronger, wiser, and increasingly independent. Life is composed primarily of two such twists. What is success and personal fulfillment? And which road shall we travel to attain this? This question can be answered based on your definition of success. How shall I achieve success? Success is what you make of it. There is an inner success, that of self-fulfillment and happiness, and there is renowned success in which your name and accomplishments will be remembered by others. These two ideas are similar in that they deal with self-accomplishment, yet they are different. One is passive and one is active. These two ideals cannot be separated in order to ensure an individual's happiness. First, you must be content with what you are doing, and then you must extend your act of success to you, your family, and society. Now, Shakespeare was an accomplished playwright, and few people will question the integrity of his words. But I found one such line in his great play, Macbeth, that troubles me. Life's but a walking shadow, a poor player that struts and frets his hour upon the stage and then is heard no more. By that simple statement, Shakespeare assumes that we are arbitrarily born on earth, we live many roles in our life, and we finally die, leaving no mark of our existence. 
Obviously, Shakespeare's Macbeth was a pessimist and did not believe people could live outside the stage and become individuals. Our existence is apparent by our success, and our success is indicative of our existence. When future generations look back and remember how we've touched their lives, then our existence is proven. All that I want you to learn is that if you can attain success in any form in your lifetime, you have made the world a bit more better and beautiful because you've been in it. Now that I've discussed what success can mean, you must figure out how to attain it. Many of you have noticed that I've spoken of roads and avenues to travel and to pursue. Roads have influenced our lives. The driving force that compelled men through the ages to search the many pathways led them to their conquest of knowledge, power, and treasures. There have been many roads that have led great generals to battle, changing the course of history. The yellow brick road that Dorothy followed led her to the great Oz, who fulfilled all of her dreams. It is evident that roads have played an important part in our destiny. But once you approach that road, what should you do? I tried searching for the answer and very often arrived at a dead end. I believe Robert Frost's poem, The Road Not Taken, can answer this question. Two roads diverge in a yellow wood, and sorry I could not travel both, and be one traveler long I stood, and looked down one as far as I could, to where it bent in the undergrowth, then took the other as just as fair, and having perhaps the better claim because it was grassy and wanted wear, though as for that the passing there had warned them really about the same. And it goes on to say, two roads diverge in a wood, and I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. I've arrived at the end of this commencement speech, but it's only the beginning for us. A world is open to us out there, ready for us to grasp and conquer. All we need is a set of values, a handful of ambitions, and a well-defined meaning of our success. And remember, two roads diverge in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by and that has made all the difference. And that's a speech that's now been read. So thank you. And so I now turn back to you. Think of a time you were so close, so close to something you sincerely wanted and how you felt. And then I ask you another question. What can you do now? Are you at a place right now where you are so close that all you have to do is take the road, less travel, have the courage to move forward and realize what could be versus what could have been? So, thank you for giving me the opportunity to share that speech with you. It has now been read, it is shared with others, and I hope that it inspires you to not live a life of what could have been, of being just so close but living one with purpose and moving forward down a road that you know who you can be versus what it could have. 
Thank you for joining another episode of the Drop-In CEO Podcast. I wish you continued success. Until next time, be well. Thank you for listening to the Drop-In CEO Podcast. My new book, The CEO's Compass, will change the way you think about leadership, navigate rapid transformation, and elevate the leaders of tomorrow. If you're feeling off track, the CEO's Compass Assessment will guide you to peace of mind in days, not months. You can learn more about the CEO's Compass by visiting my website at dropinceo.com. Now go out and lead, inspire, and achieve your goals.